Hey, good morning once again, everybody. I have uh, had some really good advice over the years on how to grow and how to improve and how to get better. Uh, one of them is to bring somebody better than you on the platform with you. And so that's what I've done this morning. I've invited Pastor Joe to join me, and we're actually going um, gonna to team up together. We're going to talk about a few different things, but ultimately what we want to be able to communicate is the activity of God in your life and in the midst of the church. And you know, over the last uh, oh, two months now, we've, uh, we've been talking about this, what it means to be transformed and what, what God wants to do in our life. And we thought that it would be really smart for us at the end of this season to be able to look back. In fact, Scripture talks a lot about how appropriate it is for us to reflect on the goodness of God. Sometimes we... We forget. I mean, how many of you guys you've ever you've ever forgot anything, right? It's just part of our human nature. Everybody raised their hands because it's just part of who we are. Uh, we forget things. We unfortunately we distance ourselves from things that are really valuable for us to remember. Um, my kids were studying um, prepositional phrases the other day. I memorized the prepositional phrases when I was in seventh grade, and they're still taking up space in my head. Like, there's certain things that I wished I could get out of my head so that I could make room for others, but there's certain things that should stay in our minds, and unfortunately, we kind of distance ourselves and we forget the activity of God in your life, what God has done for you in the past. Scripture says that we should reflect on those things and rem remind ourselves of those. Part of what we want to do today is, is to be able to share with you the activity of God in our church, what God has been doing, what God's been up to. While we've been busy studying about transformation, God has been at work. And that's one of the great things about the God that we serve. He's an alive God. <laughs> Scripture says he's a risen Savior. That's what separates us from all the other religions in the world that claim their God's we serve a God who's alive, and here's what's great about that. He actually wants to be alive in your life. He is alive. He, did, he wants to do things inside of us, good things, and that's what this series has been about, and so today we're going to reflect a little bit, but I really I want to start with this picture. It says, we're hoping you'll lead us on a journey of transformation without requiring any real changes. <laughs> And I want you to leave that up there for just a second because this kind of needs to soak in a little bit. We love all the, the benefits of transformation. We love the, the good things about growth. What we don't like is the work that it usually involves and the, that C word, change. As much as we want growth and we want health, we don't want things to change. We would like to just have all that right where we're at the way that we've always done it. And yet, for God to change us, for God to work in our life, it means this. I just want you to hear this, okay? There's things that God needs to get rid of. There's old things that God wants to do away with, Scripture says, and then there's new things that he wants to bring. And guys, that's what change is. So we, we talk a lot about transformation in the last couple of months here, but until we get to the place in our life where we say, God, Whatever change is necessary, I'll embrace it. I may not be comfortable with it. Can I get an amen on that? I may not be comfortable, but God, I'll embrace it because I want, 
I want your activity in my life. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about those things. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 has been just an anchor verse for us over the course of this campaign. It says, as God's spirit works within us, we are being transformed to become more like Christ. And this change from one degree of glory to another or one level of maturity to the next, this change comes from the Lord. And so over the last couple months, we've looked at these seven key areas, and I would think that you've got them memorized now. As often as we've repeated them, I certainly have got those memorized. Seven key areas of our life where we're wanting to align ourselves with God's plan and his purpose for us. Because here's one of the things that Scripture says that Jesus desires, the Father desires, is something called abundant life. It's a blessed life. There's this, this great thing that we call eternal life. And, and a lot of times we, we forget that Jesus said, I want to take care of your eternity, but I want to change things for you right now. From this day forward, the life that you live right now, God actually wants you to thrive in it. And there have been a lot of seasons in our lives where we feel like we've just struggled to keep our heads above water, right? right? And God in those times, he comes in and he grabs us and he supports us and he helps us to, to maintain and to keep our breath and stuff, but that's not where he wants to keep us. He actually wants us to live a life that is not just surviving, it's, it's thriving. And so really that's what we've talked about. And so reflect with me, if you would, on these seven keys. We started week one talking about spiritual health. And what it is for us to, to get into an alignment and a relationship with the Father. What does that relationship look like? And then week two, we talked about physical health. And specifically, we talked about the stress that we carry in our bodies that God never intended for us to carry. And how do you get rid of those? And how do you develop healthy habits? Week three, we talked about mental health. How do we develop healthy and holy thinking patterns? Week four, we talked about emotional health. How do we see our emotions play their, their God-ordained role in our life? And then we talked a little bit about relational health, how to build healthy relationships and how to get rid of the fear that sabotages our relationships oftentimes. Week six, we talked about financial health, how to be a good manager or a steward of what God has entrusted us with, how to use it wisely in our family, but also in God's kingdom. What does that look like? And then last week, our final week, week seven, we talked about vocational health, how to have a healthy career and how to pursue God's calling in our life. Now, if you've missed any of those seven weeks, I wanna encourage you, you can get on our website and you can listen to every one of those teachings that we have just been really intentional about filling them with truth of Scripture, what God's Word says about these areas of our life. You can listen to them. If you missed a week, you can still go back and you can listen to them because we covered each one of these seven topics. We covered one at a time each Sunday morning together. But then we also had small groups that took that material and then went even deeper into it. In fact, there were a number of people who stepped up in this season to lead new small groups. We had 12 small groups that were just committed to this transformed campaign. In fact, in this season, one of the things that we celebrate today, we had over 200 adults engaged in groups and classes just in this last season here, which means this. Some people get it. Now, I'm not pointing fingers at any of you, okay? Some people get it that living a life 
for God is more than just showing up on Sunday mornings. Okay? What you do outside of church really speaks more to the testimony of God's activity in your life than you showing up on Sunday mornings and checking a box. Do we want you here? Absolutely. This is part of the family. This is what we do to celebrate. But this is what's great. God used um, small groups to minister to 200 people during this season. And one of the reasons why pastors talk a lot about numbers, and and, uh, I'm a numbers guy, but here's why. Because numbers represent people. 200 people that God was working in their lives through small groups. There's a couple other things that we wanted to celebrate today just as a, as a church to be able to look at these and recognize the activity of God. During this campaign, we had 22 people give their lives to Christ through salvation or a recommitment. That is worth celebrating this morning. 22 people. Listen, if a church ever stops reaching reaching to see people come into the kingdom, they've just become babysitters for believers. And that's not at all what Jesus said the church is to be. And so 22 people, like that is, that is enough. We could, close the, we could close the book and just go home and say, praise God, man, it was worth it all. But there are some other things that we want to celebrate today. We had uh, six people that were baptized um, during this campaign as well. Eight people that came into membership here, new members New volunteers, we had 15 people get plugged into ministry for the first time during this campaign. And then one that seems to shock a lot of people, we had 16 families who showed up as guests for the very first time during this campaign because you invited them. Well done. Like, that's what church is about. And so today, we wanted to be able to celebrate some of these numbers because numbers are powerful and they're significant. And yet, Scripture also says there's something more significant than numbers, and that's stories. And so what we wanted to be able to do is to be able to share a few stories because these stories become faith builders. We talked about that last week, faith builders and and confidence builders in our own life. And that's why Pastor Joe is up here this morning. He's going to share just some of these stories. And and guys, there's a lot to take in here. But what I want to encourage you in as as we get ready to listen and we prepare our hearts for this God is active, and he's doing things right now in this church. And I want to invite you into that story as Pastor Joe shares. Thank you, Pastor Patrick. Um, just a, these are just a handful of the stories. If I could share the, old, the whole stories, we'd be here until maybe the Bronco game tomorrow night. And I was blessed to, Pastor Patrick and I were both blessed to, to, um, to hear some of those stories. And, but these are a handful. And some of them are directly tied to the Transform series. But others are just how God is working in and through this place. Just the presence of God in and through this place. So here goes. This is from Lori Reed. Lori, Reed's, Lori Reed leads a Wednesday night group, a small group. This is a quote from her. I have seen people grow in their trust with others and in God. I have seen aha moments with great joy. I know that I was a reluctant leader when you all first asked me, but I have come to be passionate about being there with these wonderful people. This is from Scott and Margaret Rao. They lead a a Sunday morning group during the the 9 o'clock hour. This is from, the, from their quote, we have really enjoyed leading a transformed group, getting to know new friends and being blessed by all of our conversations. This is from Mary Jones and Bill Yeagley. They, they lead a group on Friday afternoon. We witnessed members who blossomed during this series, confiding with others in the group their inner turmoil and struggles 
as well as joys. This is what small groups are all about. This is from Mike Mulhern, who helps lead a men's group on Tuesday nights. Uh, This is the devotional that many folks use during the Transform series. Mike shares this. The daily devotionals have been transforming for me in the way that I start my day, more focused on God and living my life for him. I've also been encouraged to continue dedicating my work to God and asking for opportunities to bless the people I come in contact with and for his glory. This is from Marcy Tafoya, a participant in the Jazzcott small group that meets on Wednesday nights. This is from Marcy. The Transform series has brought me much closer to God. In fact, I've never felt closer. I placed all the sermon and session notes in a binder for weekly reference. It has also brought me closer to my family, especially, I have pauses written here every once in a while, especially my 17-year-old daughter. We go over the information together, which I believe will influence and shape her life as she moves into adulthood. This is from Austin Rice. Um, Austin's our new worship associate. We love him despite his New England Patriot affinity. Um, Let's not hold that against him. We love him. We love all people. Um, This is from Austin. I spent this past summer after graduating college worrying and wondering about what God wanted me to do with my life and where I was supposed to live. I didn't think returning to Colorado was possible, but God opened up a door for me to step through by working out a position here at South Suburban. It has now been six weeks since my first day as the worship associate, and I have loved every second of it. I thank God every day that he knew what he was doing, even when I had trouble fully trusting in his perfect will and plan for my life. Um, This next one is from Angela Miller. For folks who don't know Angela, um, Angela and Harry are rock stars in this church in my mind. Um, They they play uh, piano and drums at this service. They lead a Sunday school, uh, Alpha to Omega, during the 9 o'clock hour. Angela helps lead the women's ministry. You are a rock star, both you guys. Um, This is Angela's quote. Um, The first God story that came to my mind was my experience with speaking at my first women's retreat this past um, late summer. It was a great opportunity, and I had so many people praying for me. I truly felt empowered by the Holy Spirit the entire weekend. God certainly showed up in a mighty way. This next one is from Randy Denae. Randy works for Goodwill. He travels a whole bunch. Um, this was October 1st. The night of October 1st was the shooting in Las Vegas. He, is, he had a flight, early morning flight scheduled to Las Vegas um, that Monday morning. And this is, this is what Randy says. As I woke up to take a trip for work to Las Vegas, I watched the unfolding terror Another pause. Um, I, I watched the unfolding terror of a mass shooting by a lone shooter into a joyful crowd at a Jason Aldean concert. As I flew into Las Vegas, watching the continuing coverage of the shooting on the airplane, I had no idea what I was going to see when I arrived. Everyone was talking about it and was in shock as I was. I expected a lot of fear and shaken spirits. Not so. I spent the week working there, and what I witnessed was truly inspirational. As a town known for its lights, Glitz, gambling, and anything goes. It became a town of togetherness, strength, and prayer. The faith and unity was powerful. Every marquee was lit up with messages of Las Vegas strong, prayers for the fallen and the city. God truly was evident and showed his mercy and grace when it was needed the most through his people. I was humbled and am certainly blessed to be a Christian. Um, this is from Mona Estelle, who also happens to be a rock star. She, walk, she works with me on a daily basis. Anybody working with me on a regular basis 
they need to be, they, well, they, well, they are in a special place. And, and Mona is really cool because she reminds me every day in small ways and large what is most important about what we do here at church. Um, take, feed the lambs, take care of the sheep, and feed the sheep. Thank you, Mona. Mona Estelle helps out with the Iwana program on Wednesday nights, and she shared this. Recently, this is a couple Wednesdays ago, how everyone prayed, cared, and loved on an Awana family uh, and a leader. It brought me to tears. I truly believe this is what God has asked us to do time and time again to care for one another. Mona saw this. You did not waste, you did not waste the opportunity God gave you. You are doing much more than just surviving. You are thriving. You have been spiritually transformed. This comes out of the Galilean Sunday school class. They meet during the 1030 hour. Two guys get up at O Dark 30, week before last. They and others from the Galilean Sunday School class have been on a mission from God. Bill Bowles, one of the members of the, of the Galilean Sunday School class, longtime member here, retired DOC pastor, lost his wife this past summer after a long battle with cancer. Every Monday before his wife got so sick, Bill was joined on the golf course by these two longtime friends. Now they're helping him move back to Kansas. They and others, friends and neighbors, folks from this church, some that didn't even know Bill, pack up his house, they pack up his books, and now these two guys are driving Bill's van to meet up with him in Kansas. This is God transforming lives through others. Good friends saying goodbye. That's good church. Um, this is one of my favorites. This is from Drew and Selah. Drew is our worship pastor. He's our rock and roll pastor up here. Um, Drew and his daughter, Selah, were gifted with two tickets to that Sunday night Broncos game against the, the Giants. A bummer of a game, but a great day for dad and his sweet daughter. Selah brings a sign to the game. Ninth birthday today. Survived 10 surgeries. So glad to be here. Go Broncos. Well, the Broncos didn't do much to help Selah that day. <laughs> But the entire section uh, they were sitting in did. They sing happy birthday to Selah. No directing from Drew required. Some strangers then go buy some birthday gifts for Selah. A stuffed animal, Miles. A cheerleader bear and some pom-poms. A game we all would like to forget. But a day Selah will never forget. A day that Drew will never forget. Good church. Good church. Um, Mike Sanders was a, a member of our small group um, a week ago, Thursday night, we asked folks how we could pray. And Mike, Mike has got stage four thyroid cancer. And he's got big surgery coming up a week, from, a week from next. And we asked him how we could pray. He says, don't pray for me. Pray for Autumn. Pray for Autumn. I've led, led a full life. Autumn's 18 years old. She has the same disease that I have. And how they treat the disease, they find the tumors, they find the cancer, and they operate. It's incurable. And Mike said, don't pray for me, but pray for a miracle for Autumn. Autumn, 18 years old. Pray for Autumn's mom and dad. Pray for Autumn's younger brother and sister. Pray for Autumn. Um, we prayed for both, but we prayed for Autumn too. Um, this is from Kathy Eichen. This is, uh, Kathy shared with us Webster's Dictionary of Transform. Make a thorough or dramatic change in the form, appearance, or character. And then Kathy shares these, these words from her. Worldly transformation. She wrote it sort of as a poem. Breast cancer diagnosis, chemotherapy and all of its side effects, single mastectomy, radiation. And then she shares heavenly transformation. Strengthened and renewed relationships with God, family and friends, a chance to have a testimony to witness the amazing God that I serve. Then she quotes from Isaiah 41. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Um, this is from Nan Berrien, and she wishes she could be here to, to, to share this directly. It's a little bit longer than the others. Nan sings in the choir, and she's an elder at our church. Quote from Nan. It's cancer. Two little words with big impact. When I heard those words in October 2016, my first thought was, how am I going to do this? How am I going to take care of my 95-year-old mother and fight cancer at the same time? My prayer that night was pretty simple. Lord, love me through this. Whatever this cancer journey brings, just love me through it. I can't begin to share all of my blessings of love this past year, but I'll highlight some of my favorite ones. God blessed me with love through a support group at South Suburban. Pastor Joe started prayer sessions in the chapel for those of us fighting cancer. Such power in those prayers and in the company of fellow warriors. Through this group, I met a special friend, Val. Val and I talked to each other a lot and shared some doctors, which was very comforting. She passed away in April, and I was devastated. Though our friendship was brief, she touched my life deeply, and I will always remember her as such a wonderful gift from God. There was a blessing of love through a, a young man in a parking lot at DIA in the middle of a cold January night. He helped me jump start my car when the battery died, and when he learned I was there to pick up my daughter who was flying in for my first cancer surgery, he gave me a tender hug and prayed the most beautiful prayer for me. In that moment, I felt reassured that God would provide for all my needs. God loved me through the medical professionals who provided care. He used their skills to bring healing to my body with such loving kindness. He loved me with the gift of so many meals provided by the choir and friends, meals that fed me both physically and spiritually. He loved me through my daughters who were always there and did so much for me. He loved me by sending helpers, a friend who came in from Nashville to care for me that first week I got home from the hospital, folks who walked my dog and stopped in regularly to check on me, folks who picked up groceries, took my mom to her hair appointments, cleaned my house for four months while I was going, undergoing chemotherapy, sat with me through chemo, drove to doctor appointments and cards and flowers and gifts and texts and encouragement without end. He loved me with new friendships and strengthened the bonds of old friendships. He loved me through my dog, who became so protective. Each day he performed a PET scan, sniffing me all over, determined just how much cuddling I needed that day. He loved me with the gift of laughter to poke fun at all the absurdities a journey such as this cancer entails. The word love, this is from Nan, appears 551 times in my NIV Bible. Abundant love. The command to love one another appears 11 times. For me, love is the cure for cancer and a host of other ailments as well, I suspect. I treasure South Suburban because we do love well here. We do love well here. From 1 Peter 4, 8, sums it up. Above everything, above all else, love one another deeply for love covers over a multitude of sins. Above all else, love one another deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Um, I think this Transform series has, helps, uh, has helped us focus on just being aware of the presence of God. And some of them are like lightning bolts. They're big things, but some are really small. And, and I want to share one last story as I walk off the platform. Um, I met Ruby Waddell a week ago Wednesday uh, on an afternoon. Ruby is Debbie Waddell. Debbie Waddell's mom. She's 98 years young. Uh, she's blind. She's un in hospice care, bedridden. Uh, and I got to visit with, um, with Ruby um, on a glorious Wednesday afternoon. And Debbie bragged that her mom could, was 
was very gifted at saying the alphabet backwards. And, and, and Ruby pipes up and she says, well, I'm not as good as I used to be. And I said, well, let's, let's see how good you are, Ruby. And I start, I start the clock and she, she tremendously does it. I can't even do the alphabet frontwards. She does it backwards and it's just amazing. And she does like 12 point something seconds. And then Ruby pipes up, I can do better. I said, she tells me her record's eight seconds with her granddaughter. And I say, okay, Ruby, bring it, bring it. And I'm not going to give Ruby any grace. I'm going to start the watch on Z. And Ruby does it, and it's 7.81 seconds. And we all cheer. It was just like, oh, my gosh. Thank you, Jesus. I thank Jesus for just the afternoon with Ruby. Um, sometimes it is just being present with people in, in the midst of their stuff to say, man, that was a good God moment. Thank you, Pastor Patrick, for letting me share some of these stories. So, um. <clears throat> the stories of God's activity, those are the things we can't distance ourselves from. Those are the things that we need reminded of because they are faith builders. To really trust and believe that God, who's doing things in people's lives, also desires to do things in our own life. He's capable. And he's looking for, as we kind of started this out, he's looking for people who are willing, people who are open, people who are actually willing to change so that he can shape and he can form and he can mold. And that's what God's looking at. And today we are going to, we're going to wrap this, ser- this uh, series up. And there's four things I want to leave you with. And so I'm going to take 10 minutes to preach today. And I know some of you guys are saying, I wish you only took 10 minutes to preach each week, but this is what we got today. I got 10 minutes where I want to leave you with four things that are in your notes today. And this is really all about um, how we move forward now with this series Four things I want to challenge you with as we, we wrap up here. Uh, the first thing is, number one, God is the transformer. We've already talked in, in the, the very beginning of the service today about 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where it literally says that God is the one who does the transformation. Transformation comes from the Lord. But I also want to take a moment here, and I'm going to look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. I believe that passage is in your notes. It says this, Now by his mighty power at work within us. God is able to do far more than we would ever dare ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. God's the one who does the work. Our part, if you notice here, our part is to dream and desire. Our part is to long for the transformation to happen. And God says, if you'll do that, I'll exceed it. I'll go beyond it. But this work comes from the Lord. He is the one who does the transformation in us through his Holy Spirit. Number two is truth is the catalyst. Truth is what actually causes it brings the change. Here's what John chapter 8, verse 32 says, a well-known passage. Jesus is speaking, and he says, the truth shall set you free. Now, I, this is really important. I want you to recognize here, truth sets you free, but truth doesn't just get you out of something. It doesn't just set you free from something. It sets you free into something. 
And this is really important here, okay? It sets you free into something. It sets you free out of bondage and into what Jesus calls abundant life. The truth, Jesus goes on to say in the book of John, he's praying for his church. He's praying for them, and he's praying to the Father, and he says, Father, do a work in them. Does that sound familiar? Change them. Transform them. He's praying for his church. Father, do a work in them. And here's what he says. Sanctify them through your truth. And he says, your word is truth. Listen, in a culture and in a day when people often ask why the word of God is such a big deal, Jesus says, it's where freedom and abundant life are found. God's truth, the truth of his word, will set you free out of bondage and into abundant life. And I love when Jesus talks about abundant life because he's really casting this picture again of saying, guys, it's not just eternity. Eternity is taken care of. When you say yes to me, eternity is taken care of. But I also want to do something right now. And that's abundant life. And his truth is what sets us free. Now, here's what we know. As we wrap up this, this series I think that this is part of human nature. We like finishing things. We like things to be finished. Let me put it that way. We like things to be finished. We like to finish a project. We like to finish a study because we can kind of wrap it up and we can check the box. But truth is not something to be packaged up. Truth is something to be lived out. That's really important for us to recognize in this Series. What we're doing today, what we're talking about today, really introduces the idea that this is really the beginning. We've received the truth. And something that I've experienced over the last 20 years of ministry is often when, when we finish a study, people have the tendency to close the book and they put it on the shelf. And all the truths that are contained in that study go on the shelf with it. And then they move on to the next one. They check the box off and they start a new study. And listen, guys, we're going to start a new study next week. Pastor Joe already mentioned it, Base Camp. It's going to be a great series, four weeks long. But if we put this book on the shelf and we don't start to live out this truth, then we miss transformation. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand me. Studying is important. I believe that wholeheartedly. But there's something else that Scripture says must follow, and that's our third point, and that is application. See, application is the key. In fact, Scripture tells us the key is to follow through rather than wrap it up. So what does follow through look like? Because that's really what today's topic is, follow through. John, uh, Jesus said this in John chapter 8, verse 31. He said, if you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. And I want, you to, I want you to just kind of grab a hold of that word hold right now. Because true discipleship is more than an intellectual agreement. It's more than us nodding our heads and saying, that's truth. To hold to these teachings, Jesus says they're the ones, they're committed followers of Christ, will hold to my teachings. That means they not only accept my teachings as truth, but they will apply my teachings to their life. So here's what I want you to, to recognize here. Our challenge, our, our issue, you might say, is not lack of information, it's lack of application. 
We've received a lot of information over the last seven weeks now, haven't we? A lot of biblical truth. In fact, some of you um, were really moved some of the, by some of the biblical truths that we presented in the last few weeks. Some of you, in fact, came up to me and said something like this. That is exactly what I needed to hear today. Here's what I would suggest is the things that we've talked about are not just things that you've needed to hear. They're things that you need to apply. Because that's where transformation actually happens. Our issue is not lack of information. It's lack of application. In fact, James tells us that we're to be not only hearers of the word, but what? Doers of the word. Apply it. Live it out. It it does no good for your life to remain on the pages. You've heard it, you've nodded your heads, you've said, that's truth. Jesus said, hold to my teachings. Now apply them to your life. Let the work of God begin to happen. In fact, some some research suggests that Christians apply as little as two truths per year to their life. That means all the study, all the sermons, all the reading, all the truth that we take in over the course of a year And there's a chance that we may only apply two of those to our life. It's not a lack of information. It's a lack of application that really is separating us from seeing that work done inside of us. And here's here's our last point, number four. Now is the time. Now is the time. Here's what Paul said in Ephesians. He said that we are to walk no longer as we used to. Walk no longer as you used to. He said this. What we now believe should affect the way that we behave from this day forward. I want you to hear that again. What we believe should affect the way that we behave. We've got to start living this stuff out. When we do, when we apply the word of God to our life, that transformation really starts to take place. So in other words, now is not when it ends. Now is when you begin walking it out. Over the last seven weeks, and truly over the last 10 weeks as as we were preparing for this as well, we have taken in a lot of biblical truth. Not my words, God's word. We've opened up scripture and we've said, God, what do you say about these seven areas of our life? Are you giving us direction? If you are, then we we want to study that. And we've studied it and we've talked about it. And some of you guys even took notes Listen, your notes will do you no good if you leave them on the page. I'm just being honest with you. Thank you for taking notes. That makes me feel good as a preacher. But I want you, I don't want you to take notes. I want you to be transformed. So your notes are great, and it it helps you because you can refer back to those things. But again, this application is so important, and now is the time. Here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It's our last passage. Chapter 8, verses 10 to 11, he says this, I'll give my opinion in this matter, for this is to your advantage. You, who were the first to begin a year ago, not only to do this, but also to desire to do it. Here's verse 11. This is good. But now, finish doing it also, so that just as there was a readiness to desire it, you wanted it, you recognized it, so there may also be the completion of it by your ability. What is he saying? He's saying, now live this out. You've desired it. You've you've acquired the truth. Now, 
live it out. Live this out. And this is really where we culminate today. This is where we come to at the end of this series as we get ready to close the book on this Transform campaign. All of us, no matter how old we are, no matter how young we are, no matter how long we've served the Lord, no matter how new to the faith we are, all of us should be able to come to a place in our life today where together we're united on this principle that Scripture tells us, and that is that as we walk these truths out, that we are trusting and believing that God's best is still to come in our lives. I want you to ponder on that as we get ready to close. Do you truly believe that God's best is yet to come in your life? Do we believe that for this church? Do we believe it for our personal lives? It's what scripture tells us. The latter years are greater than the former. God always outdoes himself. He desires to continue to shape and form and mold and bless you. Your best days, if you will apply the truth of God, I can tell you this with confidence from Scripture, your best days are in front of you still. As we wrap up today, one of the things that we've circled back on every single week is this truth also. Real change begins when you give control to the Lord. And it seems like there's different levels of that in our life. I certainly understand that, but it all begins with just saying yes to Jesus. That's what starts all the transformation. We want him to do stuff in our life, and yet um, we like to hold on to the reins. Let's be honest. We like to hold on to the control. And here's what I want to do today as we get ready to wrap up. If you're here today, and you're just at a point where you're just saying, God, I'm, I'm really ready to give you control of my life. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. So if you guys would bow your heads, close your eyes. This is just a holy moment again between you and God. <clears throat> and I want to encourage you just again, if you're ready to give Jesus control of your life, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. You can say, Jesus, I have tried to control my life for a long time. But today I am ready to give it to you. And I ask that you would lead me now into a life of transformation. And so, Jesus, I ask that you'd forgive me, that you would make me new, just as your word says. I thank you that you died for my sins, that you raised up back to life to bring me a new life. And today, I ask you to be my Lord from this day forward. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer today, here's one thing that we, we like to ask. We celebrate these numbers. The numbers that were on the screen earlier, uh, we celebrate them because we're excited about the activity of God. And as a church, we want to be able to recognize them and say, thank you, God, for what you're doing. And that's part of why we, um, I'm asking what I'm asking. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, I'd like to invite you to take your connection card and on the back side of that connection card is a box that says yes. And I just want to encourage you to take a moment and check that box and put your contact info on there, at least your name. In a few minutes, we're going to have prayer teams that are going to come up, and they're going to be at the front of our, of our um, worship center today. And they're going to be here to pray with you 
over anything that you're facing right now. That's part of what we believe church family looks like, praying for one another. And so you're going to have the opportunity to come up and receive prayer from one of our elders here today. And if you check that box on that card, I want to encourage you to take it to one of them so that they can celebrate with you, begin praying for you, and so that we can celebrate as a church as well. In fact, let's take a moment and celebrate that today. Those numbers that we, uh, that we put on the screen today, those are the things, I know we've already received our offering today, um, but those are the things that we give towards here at South Suburban. Nobody gets really excited about giving towards um, an electrical bill or new, new carpet on a platform or something like that. But when we give towards transformation, when we see changed lives, 22 salvations over the last couple of months, that, that's God's heart. And we spend time and time talking about why does God bless me with resources? And we spent time a couple of weeks ago saying that ultimately it's because he wants you to help build the kingdom. Guys, the numbers the stories that we celebrate today. It's why we give. It's why we serve. It's why we come together and pray for one another. We want it in our own lives, and we love to celebrate it when we see it in others. This morning, we're going to be able to celebrate together um, through receiving communion in just a moment. It's part, again, of just reflecting on what Jesus did for us so that he could do something in us. And I want to invite you together today. We're going to pray one last time before we move into communion. And I want to read this passage before we do. We started out with it, with this whole series. Joe, you must have wrote pause in my notes today too. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. God's spirit works within us. We are being transformed. To become more like Christ. And this change from one degree of glory to another, it comes from the Lord. Let's pray. Father, there's really no words for us to adequately describe our gratitude to you. But we recognize that out of your great love, you've poured so much into us. Out of your truth, you've given us a path for us to follow. And through your spirit, you've empowered us to live it out now. So, Lord, we thank you for the abundant life that your son Jesus died to bring us. And we ask that you'd help us to walk it out now, from this day forward. We ask these things in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. All God's people said.